All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Daily Faceoff Show. Your everyday source for the latest news with top-notch insight and analysis. Here's your host, Frank Saravalli. Everything is happening! Bryce Salvador, so much to recap on a meaty or morbid Monday edition of the Daily Faceoff Show. What's up, everybody? We're streaming live on dailyfaceoff.com, YouTube, as well as Twitter. He is former New Jersey Devils captain Bryce Salvador. Bryce, how you doing? I'm not doing too bad. I got a Devils game myself <laughs> later on today. We play Ottawa. It's, uh, these are tough days. You know, I know we're going to get into a lot of stuff here, but you don't like to see guys lose their jobs and it's not fun talking about it, but it's a, you know, the business is performance based and we're seeing that some changes needed to happen. Yeah. And if you're in Philadelphia or Vancouver, this is the, our pets heads are falling off edition of the show. Let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock and let's drop the puck. Starting with the freshest news this morning, that's the Philadelphia Flyers axing head coach Elaine Vigneault, as well as assistant coach uh, Michelle Terry and Mark Mike Yo will take over on an interim basis beginning with tonight's game in a back-to-back scenario with the Flyers rare back uh, back-to-back home games against the Tampa Bay Lightning last night a seven to one drubbing and the uh, Colorado Avalanche as well tonight so uh, lots to get into Bryce, I guess your reaction to hearing that the Flyers end up uh, cutting ties with Elaine Vigneault at this point in the season, a team that's lost eight straight games, uh, a team that certainly had much higher expectations after retooling their roster this summer. What do you make of the Flyers' season to this point and their decision to move on from Vigneault? 
Well, it actually doesn't surprise me because I saw the Flyers last week live when they were in Jersey and they lost to the Devils five to two. And it was just the energy and was not there from the bench. You just saw everybody skate back to, you know, to the bench with their heads down. You could sense that, you know, the locker room wasn't right. And then I think what really put pressure on this happening now was the, you know, the Jim Benning and, and Travis Green firing. And I think that with the seven, one loss last night and you got Colorado coming in, they don't want booze and they don't want kind of this trend now where the, the fans are throwing jerseys on the ice. And so I, I just think that, you know, Chuck Fletcher looked at this situation and said, you know what, I, I can't, you know, put, you know, Lane Vigneault in this situation to basically probably get booed out of the building if, if uh, you know, all of a sudden we give up three, four goals in the first period. So I just think it had to be done. I don't think Chuck Fletcher wanted to maybe do this right now. Uh, I would assume that he would have probably tried to do this at the end of the month, maybe right before they go on their four game West coast trip. You know, you kind of make this change, get away, uh, you know, from Phil, kind of let things settle down, but because of the, the outing that they had last night. And then what we saw in Vancouver, I think, uh, he just knew that if he put Elaine Vigneault back behind that bench tonight, that it could potentially be a disaster. And look, it was a lifeless effort from the Flyers, a tough outing for Carter Hart. And I think that's the one thing that the Flyers are probably looking at here. You, you, you take last season's results and you say, okay, this is a strange year, a COVID year. Carter Hart really struggled. They didn't adequately replace Matt Niskanen last year. And then they go out and, you know, Carter Hart struggled. In fact, this season, he heads into last night's game, Bryce, with a 919 save percentage. And it's one of those things that they're looking at here, um, you know, with Carter Hart struggling. The Flyers' goaltending has been fine. What gives to this point? Significant changes made to the roster. Lots of questions for Flyers general manager Chuck Fletcher to answer. Let's actually dip in live to his news conference happening right now in Philadelphia. Let's take a listen in. And trying to find out what we are. and and uh, But it's this, you know, I just felt watching our team last night that we needed to make a change. You know, we need to we need to find a way to spark change with our group. And um, in an ideal world, we could have bought more time and, and waited, but I just felt we couldn't wait anymore. Well, we made a lot of changes in personnel last summer, and uh, I do believe this group can can be a better team. And uh, but. Right now, I just think we're, it's everything. I just think our details are lacking right now. Uh, obviously, our confidence is lacking. Guys are struggling. They care. They try. Uh, but, you know, right now, I just feel that Mike uh, can help us get back to the identity we need to have to win games. Yeah, I mean, Taryn, there's, there's, there's always hesitation. I mean, AV is a good coach. Uh, Mike Terrian is a good coach and a good friend and and you know this is not what you you're looking for but um there's never a good timing to do this and and uh i mean we're all we're all complicit i mean as i said last week i'm the one that's ultimately responsible and but you know at this point it just you know we need we need to affect change we need to play differently and and uh you know now's the time You know that, that um, I, I don't know that. I, I honestly don't know that. I, I think um, 
you know, I, I certainly know that he tried and, and uh, certainly you go back to the 1920 season, his message was really well received. We were a really good team. And right now we've lost our way, you know, and, and that's what we have to find out how good our group is, but we have to get guys playing, playing better, playing a little bit differently. And, and uh, right now I think a new voice is needed. That's, I can only speak for the last last few years, and and uh, you know, uh, two years ago we did win a playoff round, and we got to the game seven in the second round. We lost to a pretty good Islander team. We we played hard. We played with structure, and uh, I do think we have um, we have good players. Uh, we have good people here, and everybody's trying. And uh, you know, again, I can't speak for for the last ten years. Most of these guys haven't been here that long. I think only really Giroux and Couturier have been here that long, but. You know, to me, it's um, the process right now isn't right. We have to get back to playing the right way and, and defending a little bit better. And the details in our game have to be better. And that's what I've asked Mike to do. And Mike, in, in my opinion, is an, is an excellent coach in that regard. And, and he has the ability to get these guys playing, playing better. That is Philadelphia Flyers general manager Chuck Fletcher speaking live after firing coach Alvino this morning. Mike Yo, as you see here on the right, taking over as interim Flyers coach. And Bryce, you hear Chuck Fletcher saying, we need to change the way that we're playing. My question to you is, is it too late for the Flyers this season, given where they are in the standings? Have they let too much time slip by already this year? Well, you know, everyone has that message when they have a coaching change that we need to change, you know, the de or find the details again, or we're not playing the right way. But, you know, Mike, you, you know, was part of this coaching staff. So the reality of it is for me, how I look at, you know, construction of a team is first off your captain, he's a UFA after this season. Where is Giroux's mindset right now? He's trying to figure out a deal on the back end. You've got three defensemen that are all UFAs as well. You know, Ryan Ellis, who you bring in, he's injured. Provorov, he's got three years left. Is he kind of disgruntled now? Like he's been going through this for a while. And, and so you start to look at, is it time for just a change of guard? You know, maybe there's a situation where Giroux, it's time to move on after 14 seasons. Just have a different look in that locker room. You got, you know, Hayes, four more years. Atkinson, he's got, I think, three. Um, so you got this kind of new wave coming in that maybe it's just a change is is needed from the personnel some of the the staples that they've had there but at the end of the day for me no change is happening no matter what system you have until carter hart figures things out in his last you know four straight losses he's at a 841 save percentage frank so if your goaltender isn't going to give you saves and then as we saw last night make some blunders everyone is is going to have you know, not be able to bring their best game because you're going to be playing on your heels. You're going to be concerned that every time there's a shot going on on net that it's going to go in or you're trying to dive out of position, you're putting your sticks, you're forcing plays. And so to me, they need to figure out the goaltending situation. I know that's a cliche thing to say, but until that net gets solidified, a true 1A, 1B tandem back there, you're not having change because no one's going to be able to play to their potential up in front of them. See, it's interesting that you said that because I, I actually think that for once the goaltending hasn't been an issue for the Flyers. It was a 919 save percentage for the season for Carter Hart before the five goal 
uh, that he allowed on Sunday night. That brought him down to 9-11. You mentioned the 841 in his last four games. Obviously, his number is trending in the wrong way, the wrong direction, but the Flyers already made significant changes, revamping a bit of their core, trading Jake Voracek in the offseason, bringing in Ristolainen, and bringing in Ellis. That's a lot of change for a short period of time. Clearly, there's pressure on the Flyers to get it right. Let's transition to the other big news from the weekend, and that was the Vancouver Canucks and the wholesale changes that they made. Not surprising in their front office, uh, General Manager Jim Benning, Assistant General Manager John Weisbrod, Head Coach Travis Green, and Defensive Assistant Coach Nolan Baumgartner end up getting the axe on Sunday night. A uh, bit of an odd situation in terms of the way that it all played out. But Bryce, clearly things haven't been right for the Canucks this season. Um, you know, they bring in Bruce, Bruce Boudreaux, a big change for the team. How quickly do you think we're going to see a stylistic change? And, and how much pressure is on Bruce Boudreaux coming in to at least try and figure out and get some of the Canucks offensive stars like an Elias Pettersson right in the in the early going here of his tenure? Well, that's what it really comes down to is how quickly can he get some of the franchise players and corner pieces to really settle down, realize that the world isn't ending, and try to turn this around. Elias Pedersen, you only got two more seasons left on this bridge deal that he did, and you want to make sure that he's right so you're not having another distraction or a potential contentious, you know, negotiation. You know, Bo Horvat, like he's only got one more season. He's a UFA. Brock Besser, he's an RFA with arbitration. So you have some decisions here up front over the next year and a half to the next two seasons that could really derail this franchise if you're not able to get some stability uh, in there. So I like the fact that they go with Bruce Boudreaux because he's experienced, he's a veteran coach. And I think what, you know, if you really look back over the last eight years, you bring in really Desjardins, you bring in Travis Green, both these guys, this was their first kick at the NHL. And when you're in a Canadian market, and you have this pressure to win, it can go south real quick. And it did for, well, I, I wouldn't say it went south real quick. It's just, they only had two playoff, you know, seasons out of the last eight years there. And so, um, and, and so without that experience, the young kids, when they go through a situation like this, Elias Patterson, who are they really looking up to that can really instill, hey, it's going to be all right. And then on the back end, they need to get, you know, some stability back there as well. You know, Tyler Myers, like he's having a very slow start, you know, and that's being, you know, nice. He's still got two more years at six million. And then you bring in Lar uh, Ekman Larson, he's got, he doesn't have a goal yet. So I think that everyone's just trying to figure things out. You know, you bring in, you know, Bruce and he's had, ex he's had success in terms of the regular season. Look what he did with Washington. He seemed to finish first every year there. Then when he gets to Anaheim, he finished first in the division as well. And then Minnesota, you saw that it was a little bit different personnel. So I think it's a right decision. You give him two years, right? He's going to be able to, you know, help at least figure things out and buy time for the organization. Yeah, and I think the big question mark, as I mentioned, getting Elias Pedersen right, it starts there. Bruce Boudreaux has a history of leaning on his stars. So we'll see what he can do with Pedersen, an offensive-minded coach, it seems, for the Canucks. Let's take a deeper dive into what's going on in Vancouver and let's bring in Sat Shaw on another edition of the All 32.
That's right. Pleased to welcome Sat Shaw from Sportsnet in Vancouver. He's done a fantastic job reporting on this, and you can listen to him on The People Show. I'll actually be joining Sat tonight there to talk more about the Canucks. But Sat, I got to ask, you did some really important reporting on this subject and want to start here with the way that this all played out on Sunday night mm -hmm. and you see the Canucks make this change, bringing in Bruce Boudreau, it was clearly the decision of management to hire Boudreau. How does that play out in, in the market and, and what's the response been like from fans as they've seen these changes made? Well, it, you know, it is kind of out of the ordinary for a coach to be named before you have a long-term GM put in place. And, you know, from having talked to some people, especially when uh, we started hear hearing the word about Travis losing his job was, uh, this Boudreaux hire wasn't coming from management. Now, they may have talked about Boudreaux in the past and their conversations with ownership about the options they had if they were going to move on Travis Green. But it came became pretty evident uh, last night then when talking to people that management had no idea that Bruce Boudreaux was about to be hired as a head coach. And that kind of got the wheels in motion because you know if management's not making the call on the new head coach, then that's coming from ownership. And does that mean that potentially uh, Jim Benning is finally done as GM in Vancouver? And that's kind of how it all unfolded last night. First it was Travis, and then when we kind of got word around the city that um, this call for Boudreaux wasn't made by management, and all of a sudden you can't get a hold of management, it was very, very clear that things were going to go beyond just the head coach. And to be honest, gents, they had to. Uh, with everything that had gone by, it was not going to be a good sell to get rid of the coach, considering the fans in the building are chanting for the GM's job. And the GM's been here over seven years, only making the playoffs twice, one being a play-in a year and a half ago. So there was not enough success to go back with Jim Benning, especially if we fired Travis Green. That was asking for more trouble from Monday's game, tonight's game against the LA Kings. Hey, Seth, this is Bryce here. And that was exactly my thought process and why they had to make the change. As soon as you have booing, jerseys thrown on the ice, that's just a you know, uh, smoke, now there's fire and you had to make a change. And the question I have for you, because I know you have a pretty good pulse on this, is how is the situation, on, you know, on the bench, in the locker room with guys like Elias Pedersen, Bo Horvat, Brock Besser? Like, we saw when they cut away from the loss, like, you just saw that these kids were lost. And so do you think that Bruce Pedro can come in and, and really change these guys' mindset and give them some confidence? I know that's a hope, right? And I think that's a desperate hope from the organization because you look at Boudreaux, has a year and a half left on his deal the rest of this season and next year. And as much as we can look at it and say, hey, they have their coach figured out long term, it's essentially an interim tag. Like next year, he's going into a lame duck season as a coach and whoever comes in has a year to decide what they want to do with Boudreaux. But this is a plea and tr to try to see if they can kickstart this core because I do believe ownership is heavily invested in this core of young players and this group of players. And they really thought this team would be successful. And when you look at, you know, Bo and JT heading into the final years of their contract next year, next offseason, no matter how you slice it, is a massive crossroads for this organization. Are you going to do a mini rebuild, move some guys out? Or are you going to push your t uh, chips back in the middle of the table and see if you can actually do something with this core of guys? So I think Boudreaux, hiring him, bringing him in, seeing that if you can kickstart the scores, this is a core we can actually win with moving forward. And as far as Elias Pettersson is concerned, I don't think there's a secret at this point that the two players that this coaching staff and organization has had the hardest time to get through has been Elias Pettersson and Brock Besser, the two young stars who struggled the most. And if you bring a new message in, perhaps that'll rekindle some excitement for those guys. 
But I think with everything going on and the fact that everybody knew about these rumors and it's been weeks of speculation and reporting and understanding that they're searching for replacements, I think it created a really negative vibe. Like, how can you have any authority as a head coach if the players are looking over their shoulders knowing that the axe is about to drop at any point? So I think it got really bad towards the end. And as much as the guys played a bit better, I didn't see a meaningful way of Pedersen getting out of this with the current status quo. So bringing Brujo in, as much as anything, is about getting the core going. But more than anybody else, you got to figure out Elias Pedersen. Because if he's not the player of this organization, and I thought he was, well, that changes the equation dramatically for this organization moving forward. And that is the main player they have to figure out here. Sat, uh, Canucks owner Francesco Aquilini and new coach Bruce Boudreaux expected to address the media tonight. What's the big question that you have? And, and I wanted to ask you how quickly or how urgently do you think this search for the next GM uh, will occur and unfold? You know, there's been lots of rumors out there already. Stan Smeal taking over as the interim GM. He'll do it in collaboration, of course, with Ryan Johnson, who's been pretty well respected. Uh, as GM in Abbotsford, as well as Chris Gear, So they'll all be sort of working together. Where do the Sedins fit in uh, to the picture? And as well, already the rumor train has begun. Mark Bergevin's name in the news and connected to the Canucks this morning. How, how quickly do you see this process playing out? Well, things can always change, but I don't foresee, Frank, that this uh, process is going to wrap up anytime soon. I think it's going to take a little bit of time here. And I'm not surprised to hear Mark Bergevin's name. That's a name that I kind of floated about a couple of weeks ago about a, a guy I could see the organization being interested in. But it's so complicated around Bergevin. Number one is what does he want? Where does he want to go? What title does he want? And more important than anything, at least when it comes to this organization and the decisions uh, they have made or haven't made, is how much money is a guy like him going to demand? Are you willing to pay an executive the four to five million a guy like Bergevin may want? And apparently that is a number he may have been asking from the Montreal Canadiens in their conversations over the past year. So that I think is going to be a big hurdle for any executive or seasoned executive that the Canucks may have interest in. And then also the level of autonomy that has to go out to that executive. And there's, there's a trade-off, right? If you give autonomy, a lot of guys will be happy to come in and do the job. And if you're not going to give full autonomy, well, you got to make sure you give that person a lot of money so they can be happy with maybe not making all the calls all the time. And to me, those are the two biggest hurdles this team's going to have to figure out, especially when it comes to a seasoned, experienced, veteran executive that they may want to bring in. So I still see this taking a little bit of time. And the Sedins, I do think, are interesting. They were not brought in just for PR a year ago. Yeah, perhaps it helped out, soften the blow of bringing back Jim Benning and Travis Green and not giving the fans the change they wanted. But there was an idea that they could potentially be part of the equation in the front office a couple of years down the road. So whoever you hire, is that going to be somebody that you can see transitioning into a bigger role down the road. So I think there are a lot of considerations here when it comes to hiring a new executive. And as much as we'll hear names linked to that position, I don't foresee anything being decided soon. Interesting, Sat. Yeah, I think you hit it right on the head. To me, the number one question, the red flag uh, for anyone interviewing for that position is, what will my autonomy be like? Everyone watching from afar can see ownership involved in the process of hiring a head coach. Mm -hmm. You rarely see a step like that taking place. And so we'll have to keep an eye on all that. And I'm sure you will be as well. Sat is super well connected in the Vancouver market. You can listen to him on Sportsnet 650 and also on the Canucks regional broadcast. Sat, thanks so much for joining us. This has been another edition of the All 32. Thanks, Sat.
All right, Bryce, it's time for our daily face-off show in question of the day. Hit us up on Twitter, hashtag AskDFO. If there wasn't enough happening off the ice with the Canucks and the Flyers, well, there's certainly been enough to pay attention to on the ice as well. Things got a little heated in the third period between the Toronto Maple Leafs and Winnipeg Jets on Sunday night. Jason Spezza being offered an in-person hearing, allowing the NHL to suspend for five or more games for kneeing Neil Pionk. Neil Pionk also getting a hearing for his knee-to-knee contact with Rasmus Sandin, who left the game. Bryce, is the Spezza hit? Does this warrant what, in your opinion, as you just got a chance to watch it again on loop, a potential five-game or more suspension in your eyes? Well, in today's game, yes, because the league has taken the position that they are going to police the players. And and if that's the case, they have to suspend because this is a deliberate attempt to injure. You're, you're targeting the head. Pionk's in a vulnerable situation. And it's a retaliatory action because Pionk went after, you know, knee to knee on Sandin. But I think why this escalates is because there was no prior call on Pionk on that knee to knee on Sandin. And with Sandin having to leave and being injured, if I'm on that bench and nothing's called, the game's getting out of hand. You know, he's not, you know, you see the guy that hurt one of your players, you know, you want to make sure that you're going to finish that hit. Now, I don't think that, you know, Perry said, hey, I'm hoping that he's going to be falling down and I can kind of kind of try to accidentally fall and go right through his head. Um, but look, this is something that would have happened when I played, you know, in the, in the mid-2000s. Like, you, you know, if you're going to run one of our players, you're going to have that knee-to-knee, you're going to have to answer the bell. And obviously we don't have that anymore. And so the league has to come in. And whether you believe that, this is suspendable or not. The fact of the matter is if they don't give them, you know, a, a suspension, you're going to have guys saying, well, then we got to go out and police and we got to go fight and we got to go run at guys. Um, and so they're going to have to send a message here. And I also like the fact that they went back and they're also going to suspend Pion because they're also showing that, hey, even if we miss it in the game, we're going to come back and, and make sure that, you know, we're reviewing all the situations. So, um, like I said, so that's uh, old school hockey there, Frank. Yeah, no question about that. I think the troubling part for me is you see Spezza lining up Pionk when he's already down, uh, which probably makes it a little bit tougher. I get the vigilante justice. I get, uh, you know, eye for an eye, but this probably crosses a couple lines here when you see that the player's already falling to the ice and still want to follow through. So we'll follow through on the news of that and see what comes of that. Uh, let's flip over to our daily faceoff best bets of the day. Tyler Uremchuk, you were for a long time one man extremely hot on a little bit of a cold spell now. Well, I wouldn't even maybe call it a cold spell, but it's been an average spell. Like I'll have a day like on Friday where I go two and oh, Zabinijad picks up an assist, Rangers win, feeling good. Friday or Saturday couldn't hit a game. The Panthers couldn't win in regulation for me. So I've been hovering around this plus 15 unit mark now. It feels like for two or three weeks, but we'll look to get things going in the right direction here tonight and i'm actually going to start with a game between the philadelphia flyers and colorado avalanche looking at the lines here courtesy of our friends over at points bet 
big coaching change today. You never know how a team is really going to react the day of this happening. But one spot I like in this game is going over that six and a half goal total paying out minus 110. The over has hit for both these teams in three of their last four games. You guys mentioned a little bit that the goaltending for Philly started well cooled off as of late martin jones 15 goals against in his last four starts and uh, for colorado they've just been scoring so much lately even with guys like kale mccarr for a while it was nathan mckinnon out of the lineup they still find a way to fill the net so i like this game here going over six and a half and my second play today we are going to a player prop in the ottawa new jersey game jersey has also struggled to keep pucks out of their net 18 goals against in their last three games the senators have somehow won two games in a row i like going with josh norris to pick up an assist it's a very juicy plus 195 he plays on the top line he plays on their top power play unit he's on a four game point streak and he's got assists in three of those games as well plus 195 for norris to pick up an apple too good for me to pass up rank so it's colorado philly over six and a half norris to pick up an assist are your two plays today yeah, and Martin Jones in net for the Philadelphia Flyers, or at least that was the call that Elaine Vigneault made after last night's game. Can't imagine that Mike Yo ends up changing up there. Bryce, it's time for Garbage Time, my favorite segment of the show. Um, you know, the Colorado Avalanche, as Tyler mentioned, back in action tonight against the Flyers. What have you seen from the Avs and specifically with Nazem Kadri? Well, first off, I can finally put away the panic button. There were seven, two, and one the last several weeks where I was concerned for what Tyler said. You had Kale McCarr off to a slow start. He's tremendously picked that up. And then when you've had guys like McKinnon out of the lineup, Nazem Kadri has had a phenomenal start to the season. And I don't think people really appreciate this. He's got 30 points. And when you look at that rate, that's a 1.5 points per game rate. This is an elite rate. Is 30 points, ranks him fourth in the National Hockey League. And it's nice to finally see him being talked about other than suspensions. And look at this team. And so when Tyler talks about their ability to put points up and score goals, they've got six players with an average of one over one point a game. No other team comes close. You've got you've got Edmonton, you've got Nashville, and you've got Florida, each with three players. But no one has more than three, and then you've got the Colorado at six players. And so this is this is scary, and part of the reason why you needed to make a change in Philadelphia because with Colorado coming in, it could have been ugly tonight for the Flyers. And and it's just nice, like I said, nice to see Kadri being talked about for some good play versus a suspension or a cheap shot. Yeah, I'm just I think there's still lots of questions. Do you need to see Nazem Kadri? and his ability to stay on the ice this postseason before deciding what to do, whether you re-sign him, what do you do? So certainly an interesting thing to keep an eye on. Devon Taves, a little bit of a surprise there. I didn't know that he was above a point per game this season. So good yeah. work by you and some total domination from Rantanen and Landeskog. Uh, certainly going to be an interesting first game for Mike Yo behind the bench for the Philadelphia Flyers tonight. Bryce, so much happening, a lot to squeeze in and jam-pack into 30 minutes, but we did it. That's all the time that we have for today's show. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com for all the latest news, insight, and analysis from around the NHL. Thank you to Bryce. Thank you to Sat Shaw for joining us from Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver. Thanks to everyone who made the Daily Faceoff show happen behind the scenes. We'll be back right here tomorrow. 
12 noon Eastern. You know where to find us, dailyfaceoff.com. Thanks a lot for watching. Have a good day. Thanks for watching the Daily Faceoff Show. Make sure you hit subscribe on our YouTube channel to never miss an episode. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard, 
cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.